Hello and welcome back to the Full Out Podcast. It's Sam, your host. I'm so happy you are here. Today's conversation was an epic one. I have my friend Alexis Salvaggio on the podcast, and this is going to be perfect for anyone moving through grief, moving through a hard time in your life, anyone that wants to be inspired, activated, and just feel good and return to themselves. Alexa is a wellness entrepreneur based in Los Angeles. She's a teacher, a writer, a podcast host, a retreat leader, and the CEO of Rich Chocolate Rituals, a mindfulness chocolate brand. She's also a TEDx speaker and hasn't even updated her bio to include it. She is legit incredible. She encourages you to cultivate a more loving relationship with your body and self through all that she teaches. I'm going to make sure that we put all of her contact info in the show notes. And also she offers all of our listeners a discount code on her incredible chocolate. You are going to absolutely fall in love with Alexa. You're going to want to follow her and um, just enjoy, 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 enjoy. Welcome to the Full Out Podcast, where you'll get tools, tips, and inspiration to start living your most passionate, expansive, and abundant life. I'm your host, Samantha Jo Harvey, professional dancer and group fitness trainer turned lifestyle entrepreneur, speaker, and women's empowerment coach. It is my mission to help women live their lives full out. No more surviving your days, playing small, or marking your way through life. It's time to let go of your blocks, step into your power, and own that you are worthy of having everything you want in your life, business, and relationships. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Alexa, OMG. Like I always say this every time, like, oh my God, I'm so excited, but I am so excited to bring you to the Full Out Podcast you are a goddess. You are a queen. You have been through so much life. And what I love about you is that you give it all away. You mm-hmm. literally take whatever pain, whatever you're experiencing it, and you teach it and you teach it in so many different ways. And you are an example of walking the talk like you, mm-hmm. ugh, girl. Welcome. Thank you. I'm so, so honored to just to be in your space and energy. We clearly are quite aligned. Oh girl, I'm like, you're, you're my, my twin sister. From I sister. <laughs> yeah, for real, for real. So thank you for having me. I'm stoked to just be here and share with your community. Awesome. I can't wait. So what I like to start with is what does it mean to you to live your life full out? Mm, um, to live life full out. Well, I, first of all, I love it because I like you have a dance background. So I feel you, honey. Um, so full out living to me means authenticity, which I know that word is thrown around like goddamn confetti. Um, but it, it is, I mean, if, if we are not aligned with who we really are, then we are indeed marking our life, right? We are indeed half-assing our potential. Um, so authenticity, first and foremost. Um, I think life full out means being on purpose without pushing. Like you've seen dancers push and they hurt themselves or they go too hard or it doesn't look good or whatever the case. It's like, it's, it's the balance, right? It's like the negotiation, uh, like finding a gentle truce between effort and ease, which is so like my stuff, right? It's so, so my stuff. Cause I'm really good at pushing. I, I definitely spend more time in that, in that masculine energetic. Um, so yeah, full out is like that beautiful 
balance of purpose without pushing. Oh, that's juicy. I'm like, okay, we could be done right there. Yeah. <laughs> um, <Keep> it. 30 <laughs> seconds. So I would love to dive more into this idea of effort versus ease, but I also feel like we get to hear about your story because you have so many different chapters of your life. Like we could, you could write a book. I don't know. Have you written a book yet? I'm in the process. <laughs> of course you are. Of course you are. So yes. I know that there's a million chapters, but I would love to give the listeners an idea of who you are, what you've been through, because you really have a lot of life experience with the ups and the downs and it's, it's made you who you are. So if you'd be open to sharing um, your background, that'd be awesome. Oh my God, of course. And honored to do so. It's amazing how every story, um, no one gets a free pass, right? Like no one gets an easy button or like a like it's like a downhill ride. So I'm no exception to that. Um, I grew up in California. I, um, at a very young age, went to a private high school for the performing arts in Michigan. It's called Interlochen Arts Academy. I was kind of bred from a very young age to be a musical theater actress and, um, and ended up training at NYU, ended up training at Syracuse University, um, booked my first equity tour my sophomore year of college. Um, and from the outside, everything looked really like dreamy and, and fantastic, but I was actually slowly killing myself. I, um, I, I don't, I will spare details because I, I don't think that that's helpful, but I was severely underweight. I was very, very restrictive. I lost my period. I lost my hair. I, um, you know, just all the, all the beautiful dreamy things that, that make up uh, an anorexic individual. And, um, and what was tough was I was working like nonstop. And so I, it was kind of being reflected back to me and condoned. Um, and, you know, I hit my rock bottom uh, when I, I'd been on tour for about six months and I hadn't seen my family. And I was on the airplane back home and I knew I was thin, but I didn't know like, just how thin I was really kind of out of touch with the reality of that, um, body dysmorphia and the whole thing. But I was on the airplane back and, um, this book that I'd had for years and I still have it. And it's like a pretty staple, like self-help book. It's Louise Hayes. You can heal your life. Um, yeah, she's, she's a keeper. Um, and there's a, there's a part in it that she's talking about extreme self-hatred and how that expresses itself often as an eating disorder. And I, for some reason, it like, kind of like jabbed me and I was like, oh wow, like that kind of resonates. That, that feels aligned for me. And, um, and I was on the airplane. I don't know if I was closer to God or what, but uh, for some reason I was hungry, which like just doesn't, when you stop eating for a long time, like it doesn't, you don't really feel hunger. Um, I was hungry. So the flight attendant came by and um, asked if I wanted anything. And I, I said, oh, you know, actually let me, let me look at the tomato juice. Cause I was like, at least there's some benefit to that. There's calories in it. There's you know something. And I, I looked at the can and it had 50 calories in it. And I paused and I gave it back. I said, I'll take a Diet Coke. And that was that moment where for some reason, like I was able to see my own dysfunction. Like I had just read this thing. I was scared about going to see my family. I had had a few like people comments being like, are you okay? Um, and then to hand back a 50 calorie tomato juice, I was like, oh, yikes, this is not good. 
this is this is unsafe. This is unwell. Um, and so I really saw it. And then I get off the airplane. And my pick, my sister picks me up and she's like starts weeping. And I'm like, oh my God, she sees it. Like I see it. She sees it. Like everyone sees it. Like I need help. Um, and so I actually went to my very first yoga class the next day. My sister took me to my first yoga class. And I frankly hated it, but it was a practice that got me into my body and embodiment really is the great healer of all things, right? You can't really, you can't think a feeling like I, I can, I can think of what a feeling is, but I can't think a feeling. I have to be in my body to feel a feeling and being in the body allowed me to feel hunger it allowed me to feel satiety it allowed me to feel the pain the sadness the goodness the pleasure the grief all of it which fucking sucked let's be crystal clear but that was the birthplace of the healing right was me getting into my body along with therapy along with everything else but like if i had just done work in my head just the therapy just that's it I would still be struggling. I, I, I remember being in, in treatment with people who were in their sixties and it's like, I was 21, 22, you know? And I was like, Oh, fuck me. Like, I really don't want to be here when I'm 60. Like, this is not, this is not the path I want. Um, but I think without that embodiment piece, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have come through. And that led me to then become a yoga and meditation teacher, uh, which was like opening a whole new chapter, like completely dropped the musical theater. Like, thank you, Jersey boys. Thank you. All the things like goodbye. Um, and said hello to this new chapter of wellness, which was incredible. And I taught yoga and meditation for years. And, and basically I, um, I wanted to then scale that. I was like, I'm tired of being the product. Like, I don't want to be the product anymore. I want to create a bigger message, which is why I created my chocolate company because I wanted to turn my mess into my message. And the, the chocolate company is called Rich Chocolate Rituals, which encourages people to slow down and actually savor the moment, to connect to themselves so that they can actually you know, enjoy the chocolate rather than it being this kind of experience where we're like half-assing it, you know, it's like, we've all gotten to the bottom of our ice cream bowl and been like, oh shit, did I like, did I even eat that thing? Like, I don't even remember doing it. And this conversation around conscious pleasure, right? We don't believe in guilty pleasure. We believe just in pleasure done consciously and healthy pleasure. It's a paleo vegan, sustainable, organic certified bar of chocolate. Um, but really it's a vehicle towards a, towards that conversation. So that's really, that's really where I'm at now, besides the fact that I have a really cute French bulldog named Hugo and a really amazing boyfriend. Oh, <laughs> I'm so proud of you and so happy for you. And I feel like the listeners need to know this. The first yeah. time that I met Alexa, she walked into a group fitness class that I was teaching. Cause we were teaching at the same gym and yes. she had on her fierce red lipstick at like 6 30 a.m and i was like i don't know who this woman is but we are what meant to be friends <laughs> i love it 6 30 a.m red lips is a little aggressive but it was really fun <laughs> no it was so good it was so good so you have so many good nuggets in here like i want to touch on this embodiment embodiment as the great healer like holy shit how do you what do you say to a woman who's like i hear you but what the fuck is embodiment and how do i start feeling that? How do I start being that? 
Oh my God. That is a lifelong practice. It is a lifelong practice. I don't think any of us like get to this place of embodiment and coast for life. I think it is a constant reminder to get out of the head and into the feeling body, into the heart, into whatever experience is happening. Right? So embodiment just means being in your body. A lot of us are incredibly cerebral and we're trying to figure it out logically. And we're kind of, um, just immersed in like the the thought of it, but embodiment is where it all lives. I always say the issues are in the tissues, right? Like the body holds everything. It holds joy. Like if I, if I ask you right now, everyone close your eyes, if you can, if I ask you to think about a joyful memory And then ask yourself, where do I feel that in my body? Bring to mind something that brings you joy. Maybe it's your dog. Maybe it's a partner. Maybe it's an experience you had when you were five. And just notice where that actually is. Yeah. So just as that experience lives in your body, they all live in your body. Trauma as well, right? It's all in the body. And so embodiment, being in the body allows us to process whatever needs to be processed, whether it's exquisite or excruciating. And frankly, it all needs to be digested just like we have to digest our food. It doesn't just sit there, right? Then we get a leaky gut, then we get all sorts of digestive problems. That's a problem, right? Undigested emotions. Emotion means energy in motion. It's supposed to move, right? It it has to go somewhere. So that's why we practice being in our body. That's why we practice moving the energy through movement, like what what you and I have always taught, right? Moving, Moving the body in a way that feels authentic for people like you and I, like getting in touch with our feminine. What does that move like versus like strong, hard hitting, like Tabata shit, which I love, but like getting back in touch with that softer side or whatever it is that you have kind of, um, detached from, right. We, we tend to, we tend to detach from aspects that we've deemed unacceptable or unhelpful. And the integration of those aspects of self is actually where the healing is Mm. unless we're in our body. Yeah. 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 So you guys, Alexa also just did, I don't know when you actually filmed the Ted talk, but I saw it was just released on YouTube. Like two weeks ago or something. And it's absolutely amazing. So I'm going to plug that for you. Um, and we can put a link in the show notes for that too, but you talked about this numbing and savoring Mm. and you talked about the treat versus the treatment. And I was like, the, like these things like totally stood out to me. Can you talk about the treat versus the treatment and then how that leads into the numbing versus the savoring? First of all, thank you for watching it. I'm so proud of you. (laughs) Thanks doll. Um, and you as same, um, Yes, absolutely. Treat versus treatment. That is like, that is everything because frankly, anything can be a treat or it can be a treatment, anything. I don't care if it's like kombucha, it can be a treat or a treatment, right? It's like, am I doing this thing or thinking this thought? It doesn't have to be a physical thing. It can be, um, it can be an inside experience, right? 
Am I doing this thing, thinking this thought, behaving this way to move closer toward myself, to be more embodied? Or am I doing this to move further and further away from myself and my human experience? Right? Like I can have, I own a chocolate company. I can have a piece of chocolate and it's a beautiful treat. I deserve a fucking treat, right? Like it's a beautiful experience. I deserve a pleasurable life. We're not here to like pay bills and die. I'm here to like have sex and eat chocolate and like travel to Jamaica. I don't know. You know, like I'm here to do all of it. But if I'm like eating 17 chocolate bars because like my boyfriend just broke up with me, that's a treatment. That is a treatment for something I don't want to feel. That's a treatment for my sadness, for my loneliness, for my crippling anxiety. So that's the question. Am I doing this to move closer toward myself or am I doing this to move further away from myself? Am I doing this because it genuinely brings me pleasure or am I doing this because I'm trying to avoid something toward or away from? That's really what it comes down to. Treat, treatment. You deserve treats. Just do the treat consciously. Do the treat well. And the more consciousness that you bring to the treat, the less you actually need. That's the irony. It's like, like you don't need to like eat 17 chocolate bars if you do it consciously. If you do it consciously, like you're, you're conscious. You're like, oh, let, me, let me listen to my body. Oh, I think I'm good after like three bites. I'm actually totally satisfied. Like that was really good. I got pleasure from that. I had an experience versus like, oops, I checked out. Yeah. 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 And what I think is so interesting too, is that I think as women were, or at least as like goal oriented and specifically entrepreneurial women, when we achieve a goal, I also see this, like, instead of sitting in the celebration and instead of sitting in the, like, wow, I fucking did that. I'm proud of myself. We numb or we push and okay, well, what's the next thing? Well, what am I going for next? And it's like this constant striving for worthiness or achievement to equal worthiness or whatever that is. And so I love that it's on both sides. It's really this, this avoidance of feeling that, that numbing. Completely. Ugh. Oh yeah. The pendulum can swing in all the directions. Yeah. But yeah, it's, uh, am I allowing myself to feel what I need to feel in the process? Yeah. So speaking of feeling and feeling in the process, you recently lost your mom and I would love for you to share on your experience of moving through grief because we, I really believe in our society, we don't talk about grief and it's not necessarily just the passing of a loved one. It's also the loss of identity, the loss of a relationship, the loss of job, the loss of a chapter of your life, but you specifically with your mom, I, I would just love to hear the lessons that you learned from your mom and how you moved through your grief. Mm, thank you so much for creating a space to ask that and also having the courage to ask because a lot of people feel so uncomfortable with somebody else's pain that they, they totally avoid it. And I am in the process of writing about finding peace from these fucking broken pieces. You know, it's like, that's just what it is. It's, it's, um, it's just a journey of tearing down and building up again. Um, grief is, uh, an entity unto itself. It has its way with you whenever it wants. And so the only thing to do is to surrender completely to it. 
And we all know, we've all heard what we resist persists, right? Resistance is the most exhausting thing on the planet. There's a reason why when we work out, we add resistance, right? We're trying to exhaust that muscle. The same thing goes energetically. The same thing goes spiritually. If we're resisting it, it gets stronger, period. Um, And with grief, there's so much desire to resist it because it is ravenous. Um, And so the practice of surrendering has been like just so colossal through this experience because there's really no other choice. It's either that or completely check out, right? So, man, I learned so much through my mother's passing. You know, I took care of her for the last few years of her life. And she she was on such a spiritual path and such a beautiful journey. She wanted just to like savor it all. And that was, I think one of the greatest lessons I saw and witnessed in her were the last few days of her human experience in this body, in this time and space was even though she was uncomfortable, there was a lot of discomfort. She still had the desire to savor and to make it last because she knew that it was coming to a close. She got, and she had the fine privilege of having every hard conversation she needed to have with every family member. I mean, it was uncomfortable. Like it was not cute, (laughs) you know? Um, But she got to be in her body enough because she knew she was soon to leave to say what she needed to say, to execute the conversations that needed to be had. And it, you know, we think of, and I talk about this in the TED talk, we think of this practice of savoring and savoring just simply means to make something last. Um, We think of savoring as something that we do with these kind of big moments of, oh, I, I relished that trip to Europe. I relished that the big thing, right? Whatever it is. Great, do it. But also to savor the breeze on your face, to savor the cup of coffee, to savor the I love you, to savor that song. I think that those are the things that make up a life of meaning, that those moments strung together How many moments did we savor? Yes, the trip to Europe is fantastic. Do it, 10 out of 10, right? But to really experience the mundane, making the mundane meaningful, because that's that's what we do every day. That's what makes up a life. Surrender and savoring. Those are my two biggest takeaways. Thank you so much for sharing that and for being so open and honest. And again, this is why I love you because you just, you give it away. You give it away. Like you don't keep it and you don't hide it and you're um, unapologetic about it. And, and it's, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. So, you know, what comes through when I hear you 
talking about this mundane, you know, in my network marketing world, we talk about falling in love with the monotony. It's mm. the same thing. Like mm-hmm. the way you build this business is doing the same thing over and over again. Like, and as long as you're consistent and you follow through, you fall in love with the monotony, you fall in love with those same things. And so I'm, I'm hearing that as you're talking about savoring yeah. every moment. And I'm curious how totally. this shows up in the entrepreneurial world for you as the boss of and creator of this business. And, and I'm like, I want to go so many different places too, but I'm going to take it into business right now. Yeah. How do you manage that balance of being in the savoring of every moment mm. and also having massive goals? Totally. I mean, I wish I could savor every moment. That would be amazing. Um, I pick and choose. I totally pick and choose. Like I, I, the thing is, is that like, it's not just the beautiful things that we want to savor, right? It's like also really leaning in. I think the word is more like leaning in to like the discomfort of it. Right. And, and like rumbling with it, but, but like truly it's savoring, it's making it last, like letting it be there. Um, so I, I, you know, of course, like I have these big goals and I have, um, this desire to, to get this message out. And that in itself is so powerful because the message is around savoring. <laughs> so it's it's a beautiful thing to savor the experience of of setting those goals, being uh, open and honest through the process. You know, I part of what creates, I think, a meaningful brand is having a story. If there's no story, no one relates to it. Um, and unfortunately, I don't think my story is that far-fetched. I think many people can relate to feeling cut off from their body. I think a lot of people are in a rush. They don't slow down enough to actually taste their food. Like that's a mantra that I have for myself. Literally, there are times where I'm running around doing my business and I'm a crazy woman. And I literally think to myself and I drop into my body and I repeat the mantra, taste, 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 taste this. Like you're like, take a moment, taste this because it, that's my mess, right? Like that's, everyone has their different version of it. Maybe, maybe their version is like, you know, with a cigarette, like they don't want to chain smoke, but like they want to enjoy a cigarette, you know, it's like, okay, well, the, how can you bring more consciousness to that place? Wherever it is that we want to check out the most is the place that's desiring our consciousness the most. So like if mine is around food, which again, I'm very clear about it is like, then that's the place that needs the most attention. So when I am stressed, when I am running around building my empire, I have to adopt these tools. I have to use these tools. That's part of why on the back of each bar um, of chocolate that I make is a unique QR code that actually leads to like a one and a half, two minute mindfulness practice. So it gets you really rich with presence so that you can actually savor the bar of chocolate and eat it mindfully and be embodied for the experience so that you don't, you know, scarf down the whole thing, which if you want to do that, you can, but 
you know, you may not feel as good. (laughs) Mm, I love that because my thing recently has been be here now. Like that has been my thing. I think in the, in the desire to create an empire and the desire to create massive impact and the desire to fulfill these like shoes and this purpose that I, I know is in my heart. I think that urge to just want to be two steps forward and, and there, always there, I'm going there versus being here. Really, like I feel the taste, like that is a beautiful, um, I feel like we're on the same journey, just like parallel roads. Um, and so being here now, and, and that's something that's been so big for me in my embodiment yeah. practices too, is the being here now and being present with the body. Holy shit. Yeah. Where are you trying to go? Like what's over there? <laughs> you don't know. No <laughs> you, like you have no idea yet. Not until you get there. <laughs> What are you rushing for? And like, even in our society too, like, you know, I've been dating my boyfriend now for a year and a couple months and, and people are like, okay, so what's next? Like, when's the ring and what's the, and I'm like, hey. can we be here now y'all? Can we just yeah. be here now? Yeah. And now is like really, yeah. really beautiful. Like now is awesome. It was lit. And the now that I was in six months ago was really tough. And also it set the stage for the, for the here right now. And so it's like, without without the shadow and the fire and the darkness and the, like we, I don't think it's possible to experience the joy and the lightness and the, all the goodness that is here now also. So thank you for speaking into that because it was just a mirror for me. Oh my God. Thank you for sharing. That's so, so beautiful. Yeah. The the seed cannot open unless it's immersed in complete darkness under the soil. You know, it has to completely surrender to the fact that it is in the dark before it can expand into, you know, a tulip. It, mm-hmm. That's just what it is. It, it, if you keep it above the ground the whole time, it's never going to grow. It's never going to do anything. It has to be immersed in darkness. Mm, I like that. So my question is, because I know, I guarantee someone's like listening right now to like, Sam and Alexa, like, I hear you, but how do I surrender? What do you tell them? <laughs> it's feel what you're feeling. Feel it. If you want to heal it, you got to feel it. And if you are in resistance, then you're trying to avoid feeling something. Whenever I find myself caught in um, obsession or addiction, which is where I tend to go, right? Like if I'm in resistance, I'm going to start obsessing about someone else. Like, I'm going to, I'm not going to, I'm in resistance to feeling the grief from the death of my mother. So I'm going to focus instead on business. I'm going to fucking run. I'm going to run so fast that I don't have to feel that. So I'm going to obsess about that business. Whenever I'm caught in obsession or addiction, the question isn't why am I obsessing or behaving that way? It's what feeling am I avoiding by doing this behavior, right? Like it's, it's, if I'm obsessing about a a boy, now I only obsess about one, but, and I don't even obsess. I just love him deeply. Um, But (laughs) in the past, if I'm obsessing about a boy, it's because I don't want to feel deep loneliness or whatever, fill in the blank, right? So surrendering equals just let yourself feel what you're actually feeling without running in the other direction. Because the truth is, is you have survived 100% of the sensations that you've allowed yourself to feel every single one. None of them have killed you. Not one, if you're listening to this. And so you can feel this one. You can feel this one too. 
I think that was also a huge lesson from the death of my mom because she was frankly my favorite human on the planet. She was my best friend. She was, I talked to her like three times a day, you know, it was like, this was my human. And I think one of the greatest lessons that I received from her passing was that I will be okay. If I can survive her passing and I can feel that, bring it on, bring it on, bring it on. Like I can, I can handle heartbreak. I can handle, it doesn't mean it's pleasant. It doesn't mean that I, I want it, but I know that the slings and arrows of life come and go. And that is just the truth. If, if you think that like you, you handle some hard shit and then you coast for life, like, oh, I've already done the hard stuff. I know it's going to be easy now. Like, that's just not what it is. Like things change, people die, pandemics happen. And like, I can either be in resistance to it or I can just acknowledge that that's what it is. And the death of my mother taught me that I'm going to, I'm going to be okay until I'm not until I die. And that's okay too. Mm, damn. I love that. When you, when you shared that on the Ted talk, I was like, Oh, it's so good. My mentor always says that you survived hundred percent of your worst days, but I mm. love your, your reframe into the emotion and feeling that like that is, Ooh, that's powerful. Thanks, doll. Thank you. Yeah. It's, it's my, it's what I have to remind myself every time I'm in resistance to feeling whatever it is, mm. which is often because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. even as a teacher of it, I'm still a human. And I, it's like anyone who claims to like have that shit figured out, like run in the other direction. Cause that is not the tea. Like it's, we're human and we are frankly, like biologically designed to avoid pain and move toward pleasure. The proliferation of the species depended on that. Like there's a reason we all crave sex, you know, like make a baby quick. <laughs> you know, <It's> like, <laughs> There's a reason that biologically that, that happens, you know, like run away from the tiger. It's going to kill you. It's that's just, that's just the way our biology is. Oh, it's so good. I could talk to you for hours. Same. Question for you. I, I'm going to start, start to wrap us up, but before we go to our final questions, yeah. is there anything, cause you've been on a lot of podcasts. Is there anything that you wished someone would ask you? Ooh. Or is there anything that you feel like Question. women right now, they need to hear that you haven't shared yet today? Ooh, I like both of those. What do women need to hear? I think, I think a gentle reminder that you are the one you've been waiting for. You're the one. The job is great. The partner is great. The dog is great. The trip is great. The, everything's great. But you are the one that you need. Like you connecting to you is your place of power because it's actually from that place of alignment that we attract everything else. So stop looking outside. It's such an inside job and it's a beautiful job. And you are so worthy of your own connection. You are so worthy of your own attention. You are so worthy of your own awareness. You are so worthy of your own pleasure. You are so worthy of feeling pain. You are so worthy of every flavor of life in between. So surrender to it. You're the one you've been waiting for. Damn, mic drop. 
<laughs> we will grab it. <laughs> like, with that, like I am complete. Um, no, um, but where can people find you? Where can they find your chocolate? Where can they find you? What's the best place to connect? Oh, my angel. Um, so you can find me on the gram um, at Alexa Silvaggio, A-L-E-X-A-S-I-L-V-A-G-G-I-O or TikTok, hey um, which is Alexa D. Silvaggio. Alexa Silvaggio is our second. Um, Alexa D. Silvaggio, D as in dog. My middle name is Dominique. Um, it's not a, a D like the dick or something like that, you know, or just <laughs> 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 well, you never know. Um, <laughs> Alexa D. Salvaggio. Um, and then my chocolate brand is Rich, R-I-T-C-H, as in Rich Chocolate Rituals. Um, so you can find us. Uh, my website is richrituals.com or on Instagram at richrituals. And I offer some really lovely daily check-ins and daily rituals and things to just help you feel in your body so that you can experience your life a little bit more wholehearted. Oh, so good. So good. So good. And then I think that we get to give you guys a discount code, right? Yes. We get to give listeners a discount code. Oh yeah, of course. we got to wow. give a gift. So full out 20, you can go to richrituals.com and use the, co- the coupon code, the discount co- coupon code. It sounds like it's Kmart. Um, use the discount code, uh, full out 20, and we'll give you 20% off any order. Thank you so much. It's just so awesome. Oh, my so absolute nice. pleasure. I'm, I'm just so honored to get to share the space with you. And thank you for asking such poignant and beautiful questions and for being the human that you are. Thank you so much. Well, I've got one last question for you. And she's like a bite-sized, quick, you're in an elevator ride. And it's like from floor zero to floor 11. And someone's like, Alexa, how do I live my life full out? What do you tell them? Ooh, how do you live your life full out? You, I'm going to drop into my body while I say this. You live full out by slowing down, by savoring it all, by actually experiencing every sensation and every flavor of life in between. You live full out by being as present as possible, as aligned as possible, in your, on your purpose as possible, and enjoying the ride. Thank you so much for joining me. If today's podcast inspired you in any way, we would love your support in spreading the word. Please subscribe, rate, and review, and let the other queens in your life know that they are also worthy of living life full out. If you want to continue the conversation, I'd love to connect with you on Instagram or Facebook at Samantha Jo Harvey. Have a fabulous day, and I'll see you next time.